Uh, I've been excited for today, for this morning, and really for this next couple weeks. I believe that the Lord kind of put in my heart a few weeks ago to preach. Um, and uh, God has put something in my heart. I've been, the last couple weeks in missions, I haven't preached, and I've been doing some evaluating with the staff. I've been doing budget. It's budget season, so I've been working hard on some of those things. But the Lord's been stirring in my heart over the past several weeks um, to talk about... Uh, uh, acceptance and talk about the fact that we are human beings. And I want to encourage you, what really kind of prompted this whole idea of what I'm going to launch into here in just a moment is it came from talking with a couple friends that I meet with on a regular basis. I talked with, I mentioned them a few weeks back that these guys were hurting. They're dealing with some mistakes that they had made in their lives and feeling kind of hopeless, kind of feeling lost. And uh, how many ever feel like that? It's, just, it's the truth. We, we feel like that. Well, one of the guys I mentioned a few weeks ago grew up in church. He never missed. In fact, he was one of the families that, that was just solid. His family would just drag him to church. He said he never misses church. But in his adult life, he really, after he got married, had a few kids, started to drift away from church, become much less involved. And it's interesting, even though he had an incredible income, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, the week that I talked with him and he was talking about this hopelessness, he sealed one deal, one sales was a commission in his pocket of 60 grand. And I'm thinking, wow, the year before he made over $300,000. And how many say, boy, I'd feel pretty good about that. Well, he felt lost and empty. His wife was uh, drinking every night uh, to to oblivion. uh, And he was dealing with some of his own demons. And the way he described his life, this is a few weeks back, it was that he was stuck. He didn't know where to go, felt hopeless. I'm thinking, oh man, boy, and my heart went out to him. The other guy I talked about was a businessman. Um, uh, He received some divorce papers. Um, He hadn't drank in years and ended up going and uh, went back to the bottle the night that he got these divorce papers, went to the bar, had a one-night stand, and he woke up just saying, what just happened? Just stuck in his life. And as I thought about that, I thought, man, how many of us on our journeys get stuck along the way? We feel like we say things like, I've done it now. Or we become beaten down, forsaken, forgotten, hopeless. You say, man, I've really messed up this time. My future is ruined. Or I've lost it all. What, where, where, where do I turn? Feeling inadequate, maybe that you don't measure up feel like you want to throw in the towel, saying, man, what is the point of even going on? And I grabbed my journals. I was kind of thinking about that. And I started to write, and I I wrote for a couple pages. And what kind of kept on coming to me was this idea that we are all human. We are all human. In our lives, we all, and, and with that, we need to learn to accept our humanness 
And then what is our response when we accept that and accept what Christ does for us? What is our response? And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at that. And so I want to talk about the fact that I am human, that you are human. And I was thinking about that and I started just kind of uh, brainstorming a little bit. And I was like, man, you know, when you think about the human race, you think about the human potential. People are awesome aren't they? The human will, the human ability is amazing. The power of our minds, the creativity is incredible. In scripture, in Genesis chapter 11, we read about the Tower of Babel and how the people got their minds together and they started to build a tower to heaven and God had to confuse their language. Verse 6, it says that, uh, that Jesus, or that God had to, to um, he says this, he says, the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. When humans get their minds to something, the potential is pretty amazing, unstoppable. You think about that. And so God confused the language there. Then you look at through history, you look at the pyramids that were made. And some people think, boy, how in the world did that happen? That was human hands. I don't believe in aliens. I, I, maybe, maybe you do. I'm not sure. But then you look at modern-day architecture. You look at New York City or Hong Kong or any of these ginormous uh, metropolises, and you say, what in the world? I was in Hong Kong uh, with Rick, and we remember looking over. We went up into the mountains, just looked over the entire city that was on the water there. And you just look around, and it was, it was the scene of, from Spider-Man, if you've ever seen the movie. And it's just it's breathtaking. They, the people could orchestrate, could build some of these things. You think of other things that, the, that humans have built, the Hoover Dam and other things like that, or bridges that ex- expand over miles. Human achievement in building is incredible. Then you shift your thoughts to scientific achievement, and you think about medicine and vaccinations and electricity and uh, you know, the, the automobile, airplanes, space travel, all these things, the ingenuity, the creativity. Where does it come from? It all comes from God. It's rooted in Genesis 1 and 2 that we were created in the image of God. Everyone say, I am human. You are human. Aren't you glad to be a human, not a robot, that we're not just some matter thrown together? How many glad that we're not animal, right? It's good to be human. We're at the top of the food chain, unless, you know, maybe different places where you live, maybe that might not be a, a reality. But there's some cool stuff that because we're human, we get to experience We are created in the image of God, and that is incredible. We're human. We have incredible ability. We have incredible potential, and I think we should celebrate that. We should be able to look at our lives and look around us and just be in amazement at what God has done and what God can do through human beings. But you know, when we say, I am human, there's another side to the fact that we're human, isn't there? It's the not-as-fun-to-look-into side, if I could say it that way. And it really takes us to the dark side, the hidden side. 
the shameful side, the mistakes, the failures. And I started to think about some of the human mistakes over history. And I think every generation makes their fair share um, that we face these mistakes. In our generation, we can look at different wars and uh, world wars. We can look at the development of uh, chemical and nuclear weapons. We can look at uh, the Holocaust. Some of you guys may remember that, the genocide, the, uh, the Jews. We can look at slavery. It was just my grandpa's generation, and we've talked about it, that there was, there was some serious discrimination to those other than white, uh, especially in the North. And we understand, or uh, and my, my grandpa talks about that, this segregation of whites and blacks and slavery, and this idea Today, we deal with something that is incredibly painful to talk about from the human race, the idea that there is human trafficking going on all over the place. It's not just in India and uh, in China and different places. It's right here in, the, in America, the exploitation of women, the sex trade, all of these things. There are human mistakes. There are injustices in government dishonesty, we deal with stealing, corporate greed. We look at you know, some of the, the big corporations that have fallen because of scams or ripoffs. And then there's murder and adultery and all these things. And you say, man, I am human. There's really two sides here. What's the difference? The one side, it's God's design. I'm human. We're made in the image of God. Um, you know, we're, we have this mind, genius, technology, advancement. But then this other side that we don't like to look at as often, the murder and the stealing, the coveting, adultery, idolatry, all these things. And none of us are exempt from that. And what's the difference? It goes from God's image to what I would call a sin nature that we all have to grapple with. And the reality is that I've understood is that if we were left to ourselves, each of us, we would have and we do have a propensity to sin. It's just the truth. If you're left to yourself, there's a drive, there's a passion, a natural tendency to sin. And no one is exempt. And apart from God... And apart from His Word properly applied in our lives, we all are in trouble. We all have a sin nature. And some of us ex- have ex- uh, exercised it more than others. But I want, you to, I want to stand before you today and to embrace the fact that Ben Vey, your pastor, is human. I'm human. On one side, I can embrace the fact that uh, I'm a genius. (laughs) And there's some positive things about my life, things I've given or saved. I've saved so-and-so, helped lead people to the Lord, or I've served here or there, or I've started this or that. There are things that you can look at my life and be like, oh, man, that's awesome. But there are also some parts of my life that I cringe, that I'm embarrassed about, that I keep hidden And I can pretend I don't have struggles, but the truth is, I have issues just like anyone else. My humanness, our humanness is real. And boy, 
we can look to our biggest mistakes in our lives and we can get caught up. We might say like Paul, boy, I do the things that I don't want to do, the things I want to do, I don't do. And we struggle with that. And I can say, I can stand before you today and be completely honest and say that there have been times in my life that I've been stuck. I've been stuck in my sin and I'm not exempt from being stuck again. The fact is, is we can, we're all susceptible. It's our struggle, our sin nature. We've all made bad decisions and choices, haven't we? We've may have stolen something, we may have used drugs, we may have had premarital sex, we may have be drowning in debt, we may, have, we may be embarrassed by the fact that our kids have messed up or aren't serving the Lord. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, I've lost it all. Maybe you're struggling with addiction, feeling worthless, ashamed, unworthy, unaccepted in the sense that I had when I walked away a couple weeks ago from my friends was that there are more people that get stuck and don't know how to get past it and it cripples them and it stalls their lives and I don't believe that's God's best there are people that say things like what's wrong with me and I've said those exact words about my life and about my sin. What's wrong? I remember being on a, friend, uh, a phone call with my friend saying, what in the world? When will this end? When will I stop struggling with my sin? We say things like, when will I get traction again in my life? When will I overcome? As I thought about all these things, I was drawn to John chapter 8. And I want you to turn with me to John chapter 8. I believe there's a word... In John chapter 8 here, for us as a church and for us individually about accepting who we are and accepting our humanness. John chapter 8, we'll start in verse number 1. It says this, it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. This is what Jesus did. He got up, and he spent a lot of time in the temple courts, and he he was a rabbi, he was a teacher, and he would teach. And then what would happen in verse 3, it says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they brought in a woman caught in adultery. Now, we don't get a real big picture of, of what this lady was like or what she was uh, going through. Did they catch her in the actual act of adultery or was it just hearsay or was there you know, a couple guys that threw her under the bus, so to speak? And, and I'm, I'm interested, where are the guys that she was you know, messing around with? But anyway, it says that she was caught in adultery and they made her stand before the group. Can you imagine being caught in your sin, exposed, and then to stand there in front of the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. But she's standing there in front of Jesus, and they say to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in her act of adultery. And then they remind Jesus of the law of Moses in verse 5. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say, Jesus? 
They were using the question to trap him in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. They were trying to trap Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write in the ground with his finger. They were, they, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Look, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and rode on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. And Jesus straightened up, asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And then Jesus says something pretty powerful. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. What I see here is this amazing story of acceptance. And it's hard to even get our minds around what's really happening here. The reality is that this woman was caught, she was busted, she, maybe she was caught in the act, she was certainly exposed, she was guilty, and according to the law, she had every right to be stoned to death. She lost respect. She lost her future. And then in verse 6 through 8, we see Jesus draw a line in the sand and just lovingly says, look, whoever here has not sinned at all, you be the first one to throw. And then one by one, the older ones first, they left. And we, and we, and we see this beautiful picture of God through Jesus, accepting this woman right where she was. And I find myself in this story. And I hope you can find yourself in this story. Because I have struggled in different areas. I still struggle in areas. I have made mistakes. But this, this story shares that God's love is bigger than my mistakes. He's a forgiving God. His acceptance of us is amazing. He takes us right where we are, and it's amazing. Caught in adultery, and Jesus says, look, neither do I condemn you. Jesus is the only one that really had the right to throw a stone. But there was, in, from his mouth, no condemnation. Really? You think about that? If you were there in that setting and in that culture, you were used to seeing things like this unfold, where if someone was caught in their sin, that they would be taken out and stoned. And then Jesus says, no, I'm not going to condemn you either. There would have been cringes in the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, those that were following, those that were in, within earshot to listen. They, they would have been like, isn't that dangerous just to let her go? Isn't it better that she pay for what she did? And Jesus, in his loving way, says, No, this is what I like to call a no-stoning zone. A no-stoning zone. Some would say, Ah, that's a recipe for disaster. And your arrogance might puff up. And shouldn't she get what she deserves? But I believe Jesus would say, look, we will deal with sin 
We will confront sin in our lives, but we will not throw this lady or any of us under the bus to be discarded, to be trampled on anymore. God accepts us. It's a nose-stoning zone. Yeah, but doesn't that excuse sin? Won't there be trouble that will come out of that? Won't there be abuse uh, if, if that word gets out? And it's hard to get this. It's hard to understand. And some of the Pharisees, they never got it. And some of us, we struggle with it. I'm a Pharisee in some ways. But Jesus is saying, look, this no stoning zone is important. We are going to accept the sinner. We're going to love them right where they are. And personally, I can say that I've experienced this type of forgiveness. And it's amazing. Grace, love, patience. My wife, she's in the back. You've extended that kind of grace to me on many, many occasions. What I don't deserve. My pastor in Dayton, Ohio, has extended that kind of grace to me with some issues that I was struggling with back in Dayton. And he didn't throw me under the bus. I've experienced that type of grace on the board here at the Gateway Church with my friends, with different, with different people that I've walked with, different men and women where I haven't been thrown under the bus because of my mistakes. And let me just say, it is powerful when someone understands that kind of acceptance. I have experienced this enough to the extent that I want my life to be, to, I want to live my life in that kind of way as well. Not only to receive that kind of forgiveness, but to give it as well. To accept others right where they are. And I believe that's what God calls us to. I've used this term uh, recently uh, more than I probably would want. This term that I don't think any less of you because of what you're dealing with. And you could fill in the blank. Several times in the last week, in fact, even in this, this last week in my office, I'm sitting with a couple really dealing with some, um, uh, some struggles in their lives and they shared some of their story and, uh, and some of it would blow your mind. It blew my mind a little bit. I'm like, whoa, you've got to be kidding me. And at the end of that, I said, I don't think any less of you guys because of what you're struggling with. You say, can you really say that? I said the same, three, uh, three, um, same thing three weeks ago with my, with my friends, with this men's group that I meet with. I'm saying, look, I don't think any less of you because of what you're struggling with today. And I can say that because I've realized, and it's funny, uh, Matt Biller, uh, Cindy's here, uh, Matt Biller's the one that's kind of told me this. Uh, we, as we talked about forgiveness in the past, he's, Matt Biller says, look, we've got to realize that our stuff, sin, our crap, if I could say that, stinks just like someone else's. The fact is we're all human. And I love that perspective. My acceptance of other, it starts with what Jesus has done in my own heart, what he's done for others, and it's found. We can overcome because of the power of God's blood that was shed for us. We've overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the Bible says. Now, there's two parts this morning. 
There's this drive. Uh, there's this drive for acceptance personally, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But there's also this drive corporately that we are human, that we must embrace um, our humanness together. And we need to deal with sin and confront it, but we must not throw each other under the bus, if I can use that vernacular. Corporately, that this is a safe place to grow, to be real, to be broken before each other, where we can love each other through the garbage that we all face. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. Now, it starts in a personal way. And I believe that there are some that I believe as the Holy Spirit kind of impressed in my life, and as I was thinking and praying and asking the Lord for direction, that there are some of us that are stuck. We feel like we can't get ahead. We can't get by. We can't get past the, the wall that's facing us. And I just believe that this is your time to move forward. This is your time. This is your hour to move forward again. No more being stuck. And to do that, we need to embrace our humanness. God has covered you with his love and with his grace, and God knows the details of your life better than even you do yourself. And if that's the truth, which I believe that wholeheartedly, there's no reason to hide. There's no reason to fear. And so there's this personal acceptance of saying, you know what? I am human. And no matter where I've been, no matter what I'm up against, today God has an incredible plan for each and every one of us. Young people, middle-aged, older It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're facing, no matter what kind of things. Jesus is there to redeem, to to shed his grace and his love over our lives. Can we embrace that? Can we accept that? It's what God's word encourages us to do. It's what Jesus did with the woman caught in adultery. This acceptance, this incredible love. And none of us deserve it, but we can accept it. Next week, we're going to talk about the responsibility or the the next steps of that. But today, I want us to leave us with this idea that, yes, we are human. And to be able to rest with that, and to understand that God knows right where we are. So I want to ask that you'd bow your heads and close your eyes here for a moment. We're going to spend a couple moments just examining our own lives. There may, you may be here today and you're saying, boy, I have struggled. I have had things in my life where um, I still struggle. I, you know, I may have um, 
you know, that list of struggles that you mentioned before, you know, that th- there's a wall in front of me. Um, there's all kinds of things that are surrounding me, uh, addictions and feeling of worthlessness and ashamed, or, or maybe uh, you've been promiscuous, or maybe you've stolen something, or maybe you've made some bad decisions. And today, God, He wants you to acknowledge those, but to know, but to know that God's arms are wide open and that this is a no-stoning zone. I want you just to rest in that. I want you to think about your life here for a moment. And there are some, I believe today, that need to receive grace in this area. To embrace acceptance. We're not saying that we're not going to deal with sin or confront sin, but we are going to love here at the Gateway Church. As we talk about this, I'm wondering, I'm curious, with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, a moment between you and God, how many would say, Pastor, I need to embrace the idea of accepting who I am today. Maybe you're struggling with it today and God needs to pour His grace in your life. Yeah, who else? I see some hands going up. Yeah, a lot. Say, man, I struggle. My kids are, you know, not what I expected them to be or my bank account isn't what I expected it to be at this point in my life or the sin in my life that I continue to struggle with. Church, there's lots of hands going up. And I want to pray a prayer of acceptance, a prayer of grace for us to embrace this idea to be able to say, I am human. I am human. And to be okay with that. Because I believe that, and we'll see next week, that that's where the healing, that's where the strength, that's where the momentum starts, is by accepting where we are. And what's beautiful is that God has already accepted us. He's right there. He's willing to Receive us just as we are, broken, hurting, full of shame. This morning, I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for those here this morning that have come to the understanding that they need your grace to be poured out into their lives in a significant way. Lord, I pray that we would individually accept your love and your grace in new measure and a new understanding. Lord, it's amazing. And Lord, I pray where we have struggled, where we have been hurting, we have been broken. I pray that you'll meet us, Lord, right where we are. 
and that today, as we embrace the idea of our humanness, Lord, that we will begin to see traction in our lives. Lord, we don't emphasize the sin or condone the sin, but Lord, we embrace that you have created us. You've created us in incredible ways and you have great plans for us. Lord, I thank you I thank you that you're working even now in hearts and in lives here. Lord, where you have revealed some things today that we've held on to, hurts and pain, and Lord, we release that 